Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Faith It Till You Make It. And of course, we know the saying, fake it till you make it. And we know that if you fake it, you'll never make it. But there is this beautiful substance that God created. It's called faith. And it comes by hearing what God has declared, whether it's instructions or it's a promise. And the Bible says when you hear what God has spoken, even if it's written down in the Bible, it produces this beautiful thing called faith. And last week, we just showed you right at the end of lesson one. This is lesson two, by the way. We showed you uh, the five major things you can do with your faith. And and here they are. Um, We can push out enemies. We can push out enemies. We're going to talk about that today. We can obey God. We can wait patiently. And there's times when we're waiting, and it's good to be able to wait patiently, right? We can endure hardships, and we can receive promises. So we'll talk about pushing the enemy out and receiving promises in this lesson, and we'll have a great time. I want to open with a story. This is a story that just happened in 2020, and we all walked through it together, and I just want to uh, talk to you about it from a pastor's perspective. I'll never forget that day. It was a Thursday night, and uh, our governor asked us to shut down, and uh, we saw nationally that millions and millions of people were supposed to die from the pandemic, but us pastors were struggling with, I mean, I'd never closed church down in 37 years, so we're struggling with it, right? And uh, I was communicating with five pastors in the Valley and also Pastor Joe Jr., so uh, there, there were seven of us communicating, and we're all talking about should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we? And then we just thought, well, we don't know where this is headed. We surely don't want to uh, you know, promote this thing. And so we decided to close. And then I called our board and told them what we decided. Our board of trustees, they, they agreed with me 100%. And then I woke up the next day. <laughs> and I woke up the next day, and I had a fear come on me like I have never had ever. Just to give you some history, uh, in the past, over all the years, if we had a snow weekend, our giving went down by 70%. And we never gained all that back. So now I'm thinking closing for a month. I'm thinking, whoa, that's, that is going to hit our finances, right? You try not to think about that, but you know you have bills to pay and everything else. And so I had what I call a nagging fear, and I'm sure some of you have experienced it. It's almost like it talks to you, right? You're going to fail. You're not going to make it. This church is going to close. And it's just hammering me. So we go into the first weekend of live stream. And the giving was way down uh, that weekend. And so I tried to rationalize. People think, we'll be coming back to church. We'll give when we get there. And we, no one knew how long this was going to happen. But after that weekend, that nagging fear hit me even harder. You're going to fail. This church is going to fail. And I don't know, it was about a week, maybe the next Thursday, when it all started. And I, I was woke up one day and God rebuked me. I mean, it was in here, not here, but... He rebuked me, and scriptures began to come up out of my belly, you know, uh, which, uh, you know, it just, God was reminding me of what he said, and he said, did I not say I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Did I not say I would supply all your needs according to my, my supply? And he's rebuking me in a good way, reminding me, and then I heard this just bubble up in me, you have authority over fear, you need to tell it to go. So, I, I got it. I, I understood. And just, you know, just so lest you think I'm a wimp, 
I mean, that was that knocked that knocked all of us on our backside, right? Just we're we're experiencing something we never experienced before. So I remember speaking to that fear and commanding it to go, and it left, but it it kept trying to come back. So it took it took a few days. It would go for a day, and then it'd come back. You're going to feel. Then I say, I command you to go in the name of Jesus, and then it would go, and then finally it just left. Now, let me tell you what happened. 2020, we came out of the year in the black, and what was amazing is we were down 10%. Our giving was down 10%. And you guys were so generous, but a lot of people lost their jobs, so they can't give when they don't have a job, right? And some folks, it's a small percentage, but some folks only give when they're in church. And so uh, we were down 10%, but we slashed our expenses by 10%. So our utilities went way down. We were, the lights weren't on in the building, that type of thing. And then we cut everything we could cut. So we come out in the black, and uh, that's not the miracle. Here's the miracle. The miracle is I walked through the rest of that year in peace. That's the miracle, that I walked in peace in the midst of a storm, and God has made it so all of us can walk in peace in the midst of any storm. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to show you what I did, and here's my big idea. If you're visiting, this is what I'm going to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this. We can faith things into and out of our lives. That means we can use our faith to faith things out of, that's fear, that's one of them, or to bring things into our life, to bring things we need into our life. And this is something Jesus taught us, and he did it with a fig tree. He cursed this fig tree. He said, no one eat fruit from you ever again. And then the next morning, 24 hours later, here's what happens, Mark eleven twenty. 20. As they were... Passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. So 24 hours before, Jesus said to this fig tree, and, and he said, no one will ever eat from you ever again. And then they noticed in one day it withered. And it goes on to read, and being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And that, that would have blew my mind too. It's like, whoa. I knew you were tough, Jesus, but this is amazing. You told a tree to die, and it died. So now Jesus is going to translate this for you and I, for his, his, his children. And he goes on and says this, verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. There's a lot of ways you can go with this statement, but here, here's one thing we need to understand. When you and I can have faith in what God promised and what God said and what God declared, Guys, we can go on and do what he's about to teach us to do. When we realize this is a God thing, and it's not a formula, it's just what God has promised, what God has declared, what Jesus did at Calvary. So have faith in God. And then he goes on and says this, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Now, when I was a young Christian, and I first read this. I tried to talk, tell, I tried to talk to mountains and tell them to go in the sea. Never worked, guys. You know, I was just a zealous young Christian, and I go leave, and nothing worked. You know, and and uh, I'm an, I'm I'm an all or nothing guy. So I had to come to learn this. Right? What is he talking about? Well, let's break it down. Keep that scripture up because I want to come back and go over it. Uh, mountains in Bible days were immovable objects. Today, they're not, right? We can drill a hole through a mountain today. Uh, we can blow a mountain up and big dump trucks can carry it off, right? In Bible days, if there was a mountain, you had to deal with it day in and day out. 
it was always there. So you either had to climb over it or walk around it. And it was nagging your life. It was just something that was there. So Jesus is using a mountain as an example. Jesus never told a mountain to be picked up and thrown into the sea. No one ever has. But he's just painting a picture for us. So understand that. He's telling us there are going to be things in your life that are messing your life up, and you have a right to command them to go. So he's not telling us how to bring something in. He's telling us how to speak something out. So watch it again. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. And then he makes this statement. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. And the only way to believe what you say is going to happen, God, God had to say it. It has to be in the Bible. Faith comes by hearing what God did, what God said. And so he's giving us this beautiful Beautiful secret of how to speak things out of our lives. And then he goes on and makes this statement. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. Now he's telling us how to pull things into our life through prayer, right? And this is a beautiful scripture. And here's the safety of the scripture. You ready? And whatever you ask for, believe that you have received them and you will have them. The only way to believe that you receive something when you pray, you have to find a promise. God, God, the sovereign God has to have promised that he would bless you or give that to you. So we'll talk about that second. But let's talk about speaking things out of our lives. We can faith things into and out of our lives. So here's what you can speak out of your life. Here's what you, why I could tell fear to go. And it's a very simple statement. You guys ready? If Jesus conquered it, we can faith it out of our lives. In other words, if he defeated it at Calvary, we have a right to tell it to go by faith. That's how simple this is. So a couple of scriptures, Colossians 2.15, it says he stripped the rulers and authorities, that's the devil and his gang, of their power. The, the Greek word for power is authority. He, so he stripped them of his, their authority and made a public spectacle of them as he celebrated his victory in Christ. So the devil's still alive, and we'll see that in a moment. He still can hurt people if they don't know that his authority was taken from them. And if they don't know, Jesus gave us authority over him. And so we have to know that, but it's been done. He's been defeated by Jesus. And here's a great scripture, 1 John 3.8. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God has appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, he destroyed the power of sin in our lives. And that's plural work, so we have to ask, what, what other works are there? What are the things the devil will try to get us to buy into and try to destroy us with? And fear is one of them, guys. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. And one of the things I saw through COVID, it's okay to be cautious, but it's, it, I just saw a lot of Christians just in a high level of fear. And I know what that's like because it came on me, right? And we have to understand that we have authority over these things. So here, I'm gonna make it simple for you. Some of the enemy's works are fear, anxiety, depression, temptation to sin, and we could go on. I wanted to make it simple, just deal with this area for this lesson. And so, guys, these are the things 
you have a right. These are the mountains you have a right to tell to go. And Peter made it really simple. So listen to what he said, 1 Peter 5.8. Keep your mind clear and be alert. Now, why did he say that? Because we have an enemy. So I remember when my daughters were teenagers and Michelle and Deanna, and they were pretty, so I worried about them, you know, uh, just worried about bad guys that were out there. But, but they're naive when they're young, you know. They're, they're not aware that there are bad things out there. So I had them sit down and watch the movie Taken with me. <laughs> I did. I said, you got to watch this movie. And if you haven't watched it, it it's this, this guy who has special skills. Someone took his daughter in France and and, and they kidnapped her for the sex trade. And so I'm scaring the heebie-jeebies out of them, but I want them to be cautious, right? And so I said, you got to sit down and watch this with me. So they did. And why did I do that? Well, I'll tell you why. I wanted, I wanted to make sure they were alert. Like, there's bad people out there. So when you go in the parking lot, keep your eyes open, right? Be alert. Don't trust people, that type of thing. Don't trust strangers, right? And so it worked. It worked. It really helped. Uh, I don't know if it's a parenting fail or not. Uh, my wife wasn't really in agreement with me, but I did it anyway. I did it anyway. Keep your mind clear and alert. We have an enemy too, guys, and he wants to take us, right? And he wants to trap us. And it goes on to say this, your opponent, the devil, he's our opponent, is prowling like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. He was trying to devour me with fear. He just, he just wanted to consume me with this thing called fear. And he was winning, right, until, until I, thank God I knew what I knew, and thank God that those scriptures could bubble up out of me. But he can't do this to every Christian. He can only do it to the Christians that don't know they have authority over him. So listen to the very next verse. You guys ready? Verse nine, be firm in the faith and resist him. We're gonna come back to the latter part in a moment, but guys, this is painting the picture of Ephesians six and take the sword of the spirit, which is the spoken word of God, and tell him, I'm not gonna take it. You have to go fear and you have to go anxiety. You have to go depression, whatever it is. And we take authority over temptation. What did Jesus do in the wilderness, right? The devil came, tried to tempt him. And he kept saying, the sword of the spirit, it is written. He said, go, go, go. You and I have authority. Now, here's what's interesting. The last part of it, it goes on to say, knowing that other believers throughout the world are going through the same kind of suffering. I remember when I read this at first, it didn't make sense years ago. And then I saw it. And here's what he's saying. These guys are being persecuted for their faith. And, and, and it just kind of try to remember 2020 and everything that COVID brought, right? When we go through trials, that's when the enemy comes to try to consume us with anxiety and with fear. And he's just letting them know, you've got this problem that's real and the enemy's coming here and he's trying to devour you with these other things. He's trying to take this opportunity to freeze you in your tracks. And that's why he's saying, that word resist means to stand your ground and say, no, you're not gonna come into my life, right? And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So here's another story. Uh, not too long ago, a guy came up to me and he was so frustrated. He said, he said I can't come to church anymore. I'm, I'm not gonna be back. He said, I can't go to a connect group. Uh, he said, and he said, I can't be around people. He said, I'm ready to quit my job. And I said, why? He said, I... He said, I have, whenever I'm around people, I have this extreme anxiety and I can't, I can't, I just can't take it. It's just tormenting me. 
then he said this. He said, I went to Christian psychologists, Christian counselors, and he said, they unpacked everything. He said, I don't have any chemical imbalances because sometimes people, you know, have, they need some medication to help them out. Um, but he says, all that's clear. He goes, but this thing won't go away. So here's what I did. I said, well, and I briefly just shared with him what I just shared with you. So I won't go over all that. Showed him he had authority. And I said, you need to just speak to this anxiety and command it to go. And I could see the lights going on. Jesus defeated it. You have authority over it. The lights are going on. Take your sword and speak to it. Command it to go. And so he got it. I said, I'm going to pray for you just for some, just like a jump start. But when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to have to speak to this thing yourself. And so I did. And then a couple weeks later, I see him in church with a smile. And he told me, I spoke to it. It left. It came back. It came back. It left. I kept speaking to it. And then he said, it just disappeared. Guys, I don't know about you, but that's exciting to know somebody can have authority. <laughs> it's just amazing. Give it up in the chat rooms. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's powerful. So uh, we can faith things into and out of our lives. Let's talk about into, right? Uh, Let's uh, look at this statement. If God promised it, we can pray for it. Now, in all my time walking with God for over 40 years, I figured something out. Sometimes God randomly blesses us. We don't have to pray. He just does random things. I don't know why. I have no idea. And then sometimes we get into a dry spell where it's like, where's God? Does God exist? Does God live? Does God even know I live? Does God love me, right? We, we go through those moments in our life, and that's when we need to pray for things, right? And so let's go back to Mark eleven twenty four, and listen to how it reads. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. So notice they're granted to us when we believe we receive them. And this has confused a lot of people. Some people take it to extremes and misteach it. So I I know that, I know it goes on. Uh, All of us have prayed and not had answers, right? So then it's like, oh God, why didn't it work? You know, We don't wanna make it a formula, believe me. We wanna trust God. And guys, in order to believe you receive something, you have to know that God promised it to you. So if the sovereign God promised something to you, you have a right to ask him for it. And he wants to say yes because he said, this is yours. Why would he say no to something he promised you? So a couple examples. I quoted these quickly last week, but here's one. James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives freely, liberally, and never holds back. That's quite a promise. So for the students that are here, uh, that are listening, have you ever needed some wisdom in school? How do I deal with this teacher? How do I deal with this relationship? How about the rest of us? Hey, for all the young parents with with children, have have you ever had a time in your life where you weren't sure uh, how to handle a situation with your kids? Yeah, and all the way through life, guys, we're dealing with things like this, and here's what we have to understand. God has wisdom. So he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives freely, and he doesn't hold back. Is it the will of God to give you wisdom? Is it the, can I, yeah, yeah, it is, right? Online, yes, it is. Okay, it's the will of God, it's the will of God. But then he goes on and says, but let him ask in faith, nothing doubting for the man that doubts will not receive anything from the Lord. So uh, he's saying we have to believe in that promise. 
How about this one? I quoted it in my story, but Philippians 4.19 declares, my God shall supply all my needs according to his ability. That means it goes beyond our ability. Thank God for our ability, and we want to learn to budget. We want to learn to, you know, do everything we can on our own, but there are times when we need some help from heaven, and he said, I'll supply your needs. I'll supply them for you. So if you pray for your financial needs, is, is God saying it's his will uh, to give them to you? Yeah, it's his will. He wants to help you out. And then we want to talk about this, and I want to help some people out with this because th- this, this is a tough one. We have all prayed for people for healing. We prayed for ourselves, and we've not seen it, and then we've seen it many times. So um, here's something that's really cool. 1 Peter 2.24 declares, by the stripes or beating that Jesus took, you are healed. Now, that's being quoted from Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. And I encourage you to Google uh, Jewish Bible because in their Bible, they bring out the Hebrew words correctly. And here's what Isaiah 53, 4 says, that Jesus bore your sickness and disease and carried all your pains. And by his stripes, you were healed. And so God's promising healing. Now, all theologians, I've never heard anybody disagree with that. They all agree that that's true. Here's where the disagreement is. Is it for when we go to heaven and we receive our new bodies? Or is it for now? That's the big disagreement. So theologians never disagree that it's in the atonement. So they believe, yeah, it's there. That's what the, the words say. The question is, is it for today or is it for somewhere in the future. Is that when he purchased your new body and, and, and so on and so forth? So we have to answer that question. And I believe the Bible answers all of our questions. So uh, let me show you a scripture. Take a look at this scripture, James 5, 14. Is anyone among you sick? Well, too bad God doesn't heal today, <laughs> right? I mean, no, you're, <laughs> you, you are lost, man. Uh, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. So uh, he's letting us know that we can pray for healing today. I mean, that's, that answers the question. It's not for, it is for the future, but it's also something we can pray for now. And here at Believers, we don't anoint with oil, uh, but we have other scriptures to say we can just lay hands on people. So you can do it either way. It's a point of contact. And you say, are you sure you don't need the oil? Well, the next verse lets you know that. Verse 15, and, and the prayer offered in faith with oil. No, it just says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So God says we have to pray in faith, which means you believe he gave it to you when you prayed. That's why he says, call for the elders, people that know what the Bible says. And we, it doesn't always work, and I don't know why, and I don't ever condemn anyone when it doesn't work. But can we all agree it's in the Bible? We should be believing God for his best and praying. But then he says this. He says, and his sins will be forgiven. You know why he says that? Do you know the number one reason people don't receive answers to prayer? Any kind of prayer for anything, whether it's wisdom or needs of any kind, because they're condemned, they're self-condemned. They, they believe I'm not perfect, I make mistakes, and God won't answer my prayers. And so that's why he says, and if they've sinned, they will be forgiven. So there's no excuse for you to be guilty. You should never be guilty because the blood of Jesus took care of that. Does God want us to grow and not sin? Sure. But guys, he promised it to us 
even if we're imperfect because we're children of the Most High God and we have the right to pray. So here's an interesting story. A friend of mine who also happens to be my brother Tony's brother-in-law, him and Tony are married to sisters. His name's Mark Hankins, and many of you know Mark. Mark's a dynamic teacher, and uh, when he was a boy, he turned a bicycle over and was pedaling it real fast. I used to do that too, and then you stick something in the wheel to make noises. Well, unfortunately, his finger got in the chain, and he cut his finger off, and he lost an entire finger. And, and he's very funny, so he makes light of it. And, and, uh, but he was teaching on a subject like this once, and someone came up to him and said, hey, if God heals, why don't you pray for a new finger? You're phony, you know, God, God doesn't heal. And, and then he said this to him. He said, well, the Bible says pray for the sick. That would be sickness and disease. Could be COVID, right? Could be cancer. Could be any kind of sickness or disease. He said, this needs a miracle. And I can't control miracles, right? God does do miracles, but I can't control it. I remember I was a younger preacher and I had a woman come up and she goes, I'm going in for heart valve surgery. My heart valves failed. It's no good. And I'm going to need a new valve. And she said, I want you to pray. And I said, okay. And I was ready to pray, Lord, let the surgeons do well. And I said, what do you want me to pray? She says, that, that, that I get a new valve. And I'm like, ooh, I didn't come prepared for that today. Um, I'm just being honest with you. I'm a young preacher, you know. And so I prayed for it, you know, Jesus. And then she, she, she let me know a couple weeks later. She went in for surgery, and they decided to do a heart cath just to make sure they, they knew where everything was. And then they never did the surgery. The doctor told her, this is a miracle. I've never seen nothing like it before. Your valve is brand new. We don't have to do surgery. And she came back and told me, and I'm like, well, that wasn't me, man. Thank God, thank God for the gifts of the Spirit, right? Yeah. Uh, but I always pray. I pray, like I say, I always shoot for the stars. If we hit the moon, our feet are still way above the earth, right? And, 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 and so I want to encourage you to, to pray for God's best. But can I tell you one other thing before we close? In Ephesians 6, the Bible talks about the shield of faith, which quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So if you know anything about shields, if your shield's up, it doesn't hit you, right? The shield stops it. So the Bible says we can build a shield around our life, and this does not have to be weird. But let me help you understand a word. In the New Testament, there's this word confession. You know what confession means? It means to say, it's the Greek word homologeo, so you know I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so homologeo means this. It means to say the same thing as another. That's all it means. Can you see the safety in that? So what does homo legeo mean? To say the same thing that God said. So if God promised something, you have a right to declare it over your life. That's all it's saying. And I do those things in private, lest someone thinks I'm a kook, right? But, but, but I build my shield up, and uh, I think of my mom. My mom had uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and it, it crippled her. It was awful to watch. And then her brother, my uncle, had osteo, you know, with just the pain in the joints. And so I determined 20 years ago, I'm, I'm just going to build a shield around my life. I'm going to speak the promises of God over my life. So there are times when I just lay hands on my own body and I say, Father, I thank you. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you that arthritis can't live in this body. I thank you that sickness and disease can't live in this body. I thank you that I am healed. I thank you, Lord God, for my body working perfectly. I, I speak that over my finances. I spoke it over my kids when they were little. And, and I just... I speak it over my grandkids, and it's just building a shield, right? And I want to ask you a question. Isn't it better to do that than to speak negative 
and complain and talk about your problems? Isn't it better to grab a promise of God and just begin to speak that over your life? To me, that's absolutely amazing. So I just love to speak the word of God over my life, and I see that shield that can protect me. Doesn't mean I might not be attacked, but guys, if we only knew how much we, we push away by when we speak the word of God over our life. It's very, very powerful. So we already gave it up, but I think this is some powerful stuff. So can we say thank you, Jesus, one more time in Boardman online chat rooms, TCI guys, thank you, Jesus. So this is something we grow in, but I wanna encourage you, man, why not? Why, why not speak the word of God? Why not pray for what God's promised? Why not speak and command things like fear and anxiety to leave your life. Let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. I thank you for every precious soul listening in Borman, TCI, online, in Warren. Father, thank you. And I just thank you for growing us in this area, Father. Let us Google promises of God and let us just begin to read what he promised. And Father, Thank you for the grace to just begin to speak these things over our lives, to pray for these things, to take authority. And I thank you for just flooding our hearts in these areas. So can you stay heads bowed, eyes closed, attitude of prayer. I really believe God's ministering life by just making things real to us right now. But maybe you're listening in Borman, TCI, uh, online or here in Warren, and you're not sure of your eternity. You know, you know how you, you go to heaven? You say the same thing God said. <laughs> it's confession. And, 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 and first you have to believe it, and then you say it, right? And so here's what the Bible says. We were born sin-stained. We need a Savior, and that's why Jesus came. He died for our sins. God raised him up from the dead, and it says whoever calls on his name will be saved. And so we can pray and say, Jesus, I believe that. I accept you as Savior, and we're agreeing with God, and that's what brings salvation into our hearts. So if you're listening and you say, I can't remember a day in my life when I prayed and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. Maybe you're a member of a church. Maybe you walked in not being sure if God exists. But what you have to do is receive Jesus Christ. So would you, would, would you pray with me right now? If you're praying this for the first time, just simply mean it. And can the rest of us in Boardman uh, online, would you stick with us and pray too? And then also here in Warren, TCI, can we pray with those that are praying this for the first time? And, and, and just say this after me. Say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins and God raised you up out of the grave. I accept you as my savior and I will begin to follow you from this day forward. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. 
the best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.